Hey guys, this is Dustin from Music Lightblood. Real quick, before we dive into the show, I want to tell you about something. So I live in Indianapolis, and Indianapolis is badass. Why? Because it's got this amazing record store called Indie CD and Vinyl. One of the things that I love about them is that the record store culture of yore is alive and well in this place. I go in there, I can chat up the employees about whatever came out that week, what's new in the metal section, what's new in the punk rock section, all those good things that make for an awesome experience in any retail establishment. On top of that too, they've got a shit ton of great music. Big band, swing, jazz, punk rock, hardcore, metal, reggae, weird electronic dance music that I don't even know what the hell is going on with it. They've literally got tons and tons and tons of music a virtual cornucopia so if you're in the indianapolis area i want you to stop in and check them out they're located at 806 broad ripple ave and you can find them on twitter and facebook at indie cd and vinyl make sure you spell it i-n-d-y indie cd and vinyl fuck yeah sitting around with time to kill Hey folks, Big Jake here just to take a minute and remind you that Music the Lifeblood is not a politically correct podcast. So the following episode might have some colorful commentary on the subjects at hand. Listener discretion is advised. Sitting around with time to kill. If we don't do it, then no one will. Our eyes are cold, our thoughts are old. Fifteen minutes till we lose control. You are now listening to... Music, the lifeblood. Generation behind, going nowhere's just fine. Maybe tonight's the night we die. Ladies and gentlemen, you have tuned in to another episode of the Music, the Lifeblood podcast. I am your very humble host. Join with me, as always, the trapped under ice to my ride, the lightning. Mm, solid. Big Jake. Hey. <laughs> Cause we're getting good. They got they were real bad for a while. Intentionally, and we're coming. We're coming full. We're coming full circle. Yeah, yeah. I decided yeah. to up my game. Good, good. All right, Big Jake. This is an ultra mega edition of the Music the Lifeblood podcast. This is. What are we talking about? Would you say in our group dynamic that you would be the one pulling the strings, Dustin? <laughs> you would be the, the. I would be the puppet, and you would be the one pulling the strings. <laughs> we're talking about master of puppets today yeah it's happening metallica it's happening it's the metallica master of puppets episode i thought yeah i thought this dare i say i was nervous about breaching these waters really yes nah. i figured it would be a lot of name calling yeah we're gonna make fun of lars a whole lot i figured it would be a lot of anger <laughs> emanating from the decade from post ni- this <laughs> or the two decades yeah 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 <laughs> like 1990 to 2010 there'd be a lot of frustration i believe that frustration will come out oh yeah for sure however i do th- i'm i'm going to make it a point <laughs> to keep it somewhat you to keep it cool under wraps okay now my anger is a beast i can tell you how this episode's going to go right now <laughs> <laughs> sometimes here, here's the thing here's the thing my anger is a beast and sometimes nothing can satiate it 
Ex- but yelling about Lars Yorick. <laughs> but no, but yelling about load, reload, insane anger. That's, that's fair. It's the only way. It's that's it. It's like uh, it's like Tiamat. You can throw garage you know? days in there too. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. like garage ink garage, garage excuse me garage, garage ink. Ink. Yeah, yeah 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 you can throw that in yeah. there too yeah i was happy with garage days i'm totally okay with it all right so it's the master puppets metallica episode jake and i are going to go balls deep into the history of master the master puppets master the puppets master the puppets we're going to dissect it Indeed. we're going to we're going to flay it open Ooh. and probably touch it with our naughty bits mm, we're going to we're going to touch its riffs <laughs> getting your getting our riff van touch your riffs <laughs> <laughs> pull you into Talik is going to pull you into their van and touch your riffs. All right, before we get into the meat and potatoes of the episode, real quick, Music Light Blood does have a Patreon, and we will take your money. Patreon.com backslash Music the Light Blood. Any mm-hmm. increment from one to five hundred dollars, we would encourage you to stay in the one to twenty dollar range. Yeah, let's just be because be fair. you know I'm not going to lie, we don't have a lot of time. Yeah, you yeah. would be surprised. How consuming <laughs> running a podcast is. So there you go. Uh, I encourage you to go check it out. As always, don't forget to check out Music Lightblood on all the social media, yeah. all that fuckery, and then check out the Music Lightblood YouTube where I host Vinyl Thursday. The Music Lightblood podcast is also there, and Vinyl Thursday's sister show, Conversations from the Pit, co hosted by myself and Music Lightblood's own third man in the field, Mr. John Carter. That is it. Coming up next, Damage Jackals ripping right through you. <laughs> What's up, shitbirds? It's Big Jake from He's at the Lifeblood. He just called you a shitbird. And you know what I realized lately? I'm not getting any younger. Old age means weak boners. So to hang on to my youth with a desperate iron grip, I got Music the Lifeblood a Snapchat. Hardcore sweaty dick dicks. So get on your app and add MTLB Snap. That's MTLB Snap. Snap. More hardcore sweaty dick dicks. So you can see what I'm listening to, what I'm playing, and whatever I'm just up to that day. Taking hardcore sweaty dick dicks. So come be extra, throw shade, and stay woke AF, fam. Stupid people lingo. With MTLB Snap. MTLB Snap. Fuck yeah. Big Jake. Yo. What's your... My hot take? What's your hot take? <laughs> your hot... Your hot pocket I, take. I'm, I'm, I'm hot and cold on this album. Because yeah. I think... People give the Black Album so much shit. Right. About like, oh, they sold out. They got soft. and blah, 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 blah. It's like, have you heard Battery? The fucking two men in interlude in the middle. That's like super pretty. It's like this, this to me, this was the slightly more metal black album to me. Like all the pieces mm. were still there. Okay. But this is completely praised. And the black album is praised, but has some stank. There's Isn't some it, stank on the black album. Yeah. It's kind of lambasted. Yeah. As, so like there's a lot of songs. The, the songs on here that I like are some of my favorite Metallica songs. Right. And the songs I don't like on this album are some of my least favorite Metallica songs. Mm. You know, I, the, the only one that jumps out immediately I could do without ever hearing welcome home. 
Me too. Sanitarium. I don't like sanitarium. It's like uh, it's like Firehouse by Kiss. Yeah. I'm all I'm all like great song, but no. No, I could have done without it. Please stop. Um. Yeah. Same. I, th- I feel same, like... same thing with Fade to Black and For Whom the Bell Tolls. I'm just so fucking. I'm sure. I'm sure it's the same way with like Iron Maiden fans are with fucking, you know, Number of the Beast. No. Or <laughs> I I'm good. I don't ever want to listen. What? I don't ever want to listen to Number of Beast again. You're fucking. I mean, high. it's an amazing song. It is. But I just don't. I'm just done with it. I mean, I get it. Cause it's a, like Detroit Rock City and fucking that rock, one. I get rock yeah. and roll all night. I'm just like, please. I would much rather you play just just Strutter. don't just play Escape off of Ride the Lightning. I'll fine. Yeah, <laughs> literally Fine. anything but the ones I've heard a hundred times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but like, I really don't care for Welcome Home slash Sanitarium, whoever you want to call it. Parenthesis. Parenthesis Sanitarium. Um, I think Orion's com- not bad, but it's completely unnecessary. There's just why. It has that feel of yeah. The, the album's not long enough. Throw on an instrumental. Well, the the funny thing was Orion and the thing that should not be. Those were the two songs that were incomplete. Yeah. When they started recording the album, Makes those sense. were those were the two. And I think everybody kind of, when it comes to Orion, everybody says that's kind of Cliff's thing yeah. because he yeah. put together that whole big middle section. Yeah. It's it's good. All that it's, all that I just, stuff. It feels unnecessary. Yeah. What it is. I th- well, it, what was interesting when it, when I went back and I started listening to this to it i started listening to it as an album not as a cd yeah like an lp and i started to when you do that when you divide up whatever you're listening to and flip it in 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 the chunks that they had originally intended for you to listen Mm -hmm. listen to it into it was kind of like when you and i were talking about earth ad a while back yeah that there's a very there's a different vibe on side two Mm -hmm. versus Side, side one yeah. and and the same thing here, you know, master of puppets. I I I look at I look at it like this because this is like the Metallica album. This or ride the lightning. Well, I see. I say it comes down to this and the black album. In my in my I guess, I guess in my opinion, for commercial commercial acclaim, success, yeah, commercial yeah, acclaim sure. and critical acclaim. See, I think these I are think, the two. I think ride the lightning is better than the black album for critical acclaim. For at least me, from me personally, the Black Album was a commercial success. Mm-hmm. But like, in far of music musicality and like how well the music is written, I feel like Black Album sounds more processed than what Ride the oh, Lightning. Oh yeah, does. I mean Bob yeah. Rock. You know, yeah, yeah. So fucking... like, for me, it's Master of Puppets or it's Ride the Lightning. Yeah, yeah, and kind of that's what I always go back yeah, to. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll throw on Kill 'Em All. You can't go but wrong with Kill 'Em All. Kill 'Em All, Kill 'Em All always sounds like an incomplete album. They just me. sound angry on kill them all <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh i mean dave mustaine yeah yeah you know, i'd be angry too <laughs> know what i mean yeah dave yeah. mustaine's got a co-write on most of those songs but i yeah no, no anyway when i was when i was going back and listening to this album like i kept thinking a lot of the one of the things that i that i think about a lot when it relates to quote unquote album rock <clears throat> albums that you can listen to all the way through. Yeah. Because the quality is high. high. Yeah. And this is one of those albums where I'm like, they should have sequenced it a little, yeah. a little bit different. Um, with his, 
with as good of a song as Battery is, mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, starting the album with Battery mm-hmm. sent the message to the sort of thrash metal fan community that we're going to do stuff a little bit different. However, they did the same thing on Ride the Lightning. Yeah, for sure. With the opening song. Bump, bump, bump. That little acoustic guitar thing at the beginning of the album. Is that the song Ride the Lightning or is that? It's not Trapped Under Ice. I thought Trapped Under Ice was the first song on that, but I could be mistaken. We have the internet in front of us. We can just. Yeah, I'm going to. We can just just check that. Damn it, Jackal's ripping right through you. (laughs) The sight and smell of it gets me going. Oh, it's Fight Fire with Fire. Fight Fire with Fire! Fight Fire with Fire! I think uh, I read I read a couple of critic uh music critic um little things yeah about the first three albums and there was one critic who was really adamant that James Hetfield did not understand uh how to write a a metaphor <laughs> until, like until yeah. he got to like and justice for all, like he could not wrap his head around a metaphor, and I can. Uh, you can kind of see it. I'm not. I don't. Eh, yeah. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I mean, okay. I think you just kind of sound like a dick. I think you just don't like Metallica. <laughs> right. 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 But yeah, I the, the if if I had been you know if if I had say I would have encouraged them to to sequence it differently. Yeah, I think I would have I would have opened the album with Disposable Heroes just so just proverbially I could poke my finger in Slayer's sternum. You know what I mean? Just like you fucking jerk, man. You fucking jerks. You know, when people people, you know, jab you in the sternum, you know, like when you're about <laughs> they to want get, your fucking attention. Right, right. Yeah. You're about to you're like getting ready to be in a fight. Yeah, that's what yeah. people do. They you know, like I that's I would have done that, but I, I mean, I definitely bad think, batteries still, you know what I mean? I think especially when you think about it as an LP where it's got two halves, starting with a really strong song on the second half would maybe keep people's interest longer because mm-hmm. like Disposable Heroes is my favorite song on this album. Yeah, same. Um, and I think Battery is definitely more of the Battery was the 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 the, the hit. On this album, I think Battery was the one. The, really, and, not uh, Master of Puppets? No, for me it's Battery. Battery, like everyone knows Battery. Okay. And I feel like Battery should have been first track on the second half, and would have kept them kept the flow going. Yeah. Well, you yeah get, yeah if you if you swap Battery and Disposable Heroes, yeah, I think it still gets the message across. Yeah. yeah. Because either way, you still hit. Um, Welcome home sanitarium to close out side A. Yeah. You know what I mean? But anyway, I just think about sequencing, you know, occasionally when I do a vinyl Thursday, I always mention like, eh, I would have sequenced this a little bit differently. Yeah. So I think it, but you know, who knows? I just know that like know. sequencing is way more important than you think. Like, cause I remember, I well, especially look at it through the lens of time, especially because we've moved, We've moved away from album rock to downloading. Yeah. So I don't necessarily think that a lot of music fans understand the importance of yeah. putting the songs in the right order. Well, even, it doesn't doesn't get talked about. Even still, like I I downloaded forever ago. I downloaded a the uh, album. 
Iconoclast by Stradivari. Mm-hmm. No, by Symphony X. Mm-hmm. Fucking love that. It was one of my favorite albums. Listened to it for years and years that way. And then one day I got in my buddy's car and he had the physical and he put it in. Different listened order. To it, completely different order. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. it made yeah. it sound, com- it, it completely changed the feel of that album. Yep. Yeah. I remember, and that's without a side A, side B kind of thing. For some, for some reason, for some reason, I don't know what it was, but for some reason, I had a copy of <laughs> Seasons in the Abyss yeah. by Slayer without uh, um, Expendable Youth. On that's it. weird. So when I finally did get just like a copy, a copy of it, yeah. and I was like, I didn't even know this song existed. <laughs> You know what I mean? And yeah, they're like, yeah. what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? This is awful. Why did <laughs> how did I get a copy of the album? How did I get a better copy and not realize? <laughs> Why it? don't we just go to Dead Skin Mask? I don't want to hear this, you know. I I don't know. I think sequence scenes and I I think that's probably a conversation that's only had by audiophiles. Yeah. You know what I mean? People like you and I. It, you more so than me. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, generation gap. Yeah, sort yeah. of thing. But uh, yeah, I never owned an album like a like an LP ever. Well, you I, got CD. I do. I'm holding the CD right now. I got when, brought it. However, inside of the CD is not Master of Puppets. What is it? Uh, Necromancing the Stone. I mean, no, thank you. It's. Have you heard Necromancing the Stone? Have, They're fucking yeah. great. Yeah, I can't get into. Oh it. God, let I me love see. It. Let me see the booklet. Yeah. There you go. I remember. I remember. I had uh, those sort of first generation, real shitty compact discs. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. As they're... compact discs were brand new. Mm-hmm. Back in like early nineties. No mid Late... mid mid eighties. Oh wow. And that's okay. that's where that's where mine came from. Like my brother, my brother bought a CD player from uh, a department store mm-hmm. in the town I grew up in. And the first couple of CDs that we had was Scorpions, Worldwide Live, Def Leppard, Hysteria. That must have been a re-release. Couple, <laughs> couple Beatles albums. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. And eventually I just bought all the Metallica catalog. And I remember listening to my copy of Master of Puppets on CD versus mm-hmm. what I have now. Yeah. And I know how much quieter that original CD yeah. was. It's mastered so stinking quiet that... Like I'm constantly like one of the things that I struggle with as a like ultra music fan mm-hmm. is that I can't fucking get it loud enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like that that's fucking frustrating yeah, for me yeah. where I like I want to lose hearing. You know what I mean? Oh, I wow. want it, I want it that loud. Yeah, I don't ever want that. No. I have permanent damage. I don't want that shit anymore. <laughs> and that, and that's the thing. Yeah. That's that's the thing. I don't, you know what I mean? I wear earbuds. You know, when I listen to stuff on yeah. my phone and I got a, I got an EQ on my phone. Yeah. It's yeah really the great. Active but EQ. when it comes to like a component stereo, I just fucking louder, make louder, it, louder, make it yeah. louder for me. I just, there's nothing I can do to get it louder. So I've, I've resorted to all kinds of different things. Just more in, speakers, man. Just more of them. <laughs> yeah. Just stack them up. If I get 10 more, take that, that Jucifer route, just more speakers, <laughs> right? <laughs> Four big ones in each room of the house yeah. should do the trick. Yeah, four four eighteen inch subs in each <laughs> right, room. Right, right. Like I want to feel it. I the, you know this album too. It's a I gotta adjust my mic. Sorry. Oh, you're good. So 
Uh, we got to do a track by track. Of course we do. But before we do the track by track, just a little bit of uh, to 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 set the scene. To, to color the, to color the scene. The sorry, I keep moving my mic. I'm just not happy with anything about it today. <laughs> um, we gotta Saturday, set we gotta me. we gotta set the scene mm-hmm. for the the thrash landscape. Oh God, the okay. metal landscape. Okay, all right. So albums recorded September through December 1985, released March 86. That's so fast. Okay. So, by way of comparison, yeah, uh, Megadeth Peace Cells released mm-hmm. in September '86. So, not long after, not long, yeah. As Metallica's hitting the road, Megadeth is dropping the, the, the Peace Cells, yeah, the big one. Uh, Slayer Hell Awaits was released in April '85, and then Rain and Blood in October '86. So, it's uh, a lot of big releases. Yeah, well, there's more. Yeah. Uh, Anthrax, uh, spreading the disease came out in 85 and then among the living came out in 86. Jeez. And then, uh, yeah, the tour, they're touring for, yeah. for master of puppets from March 86 all the way through February of 87. So there should be a cannibal corpse release right around that time too. I think, I think 89 or 90. Was that the first one? Was, was it the first? I thought, I thought it was mid cannibal corpse. Was that Eating Back to Life? Yeah, Eating Back to Life is the first one. Without okay. George. I am curious. I thought it was mid-80s. Double check. It's not quite that late. Um, I think it's 88 or 89. Okay. Hmm. 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 Fascinating. Fact-checking. Wow. We've resorted to fact-checking. Yeah, it will ruin this podcast. 1990. Damn. Okay, I thought it was mid '80s. I was yeah. off. I mean, they were, I it think makes they, more sense. I think though. they were formed in like '88. So there you go. Gotcha. There's that. Anyway, anyway, so that's sort of what was happening, mm-hmm. like in the metal scene at large. And then, yeah. you know, you got other shit. You going still got on. the hair guys doing Iron Maidens thing. happening. Yeah. Motley Crue, Shout of the Devil. Good You're starting so to get the weird hair metal guys at late in the late '80s. Too. Oh god, it gets awful. <laughs> You're that, getting the weird ones. That out. that last wave is just pitiful. Fucking, yep. I mean, LA guns. No, I always think of Trickster and Fire yeah. Firehouse, and it's oh, just god, like Firehouse. I forgot about Firehouse. Yeah, I can't do it. Anyway, so that's that's sort of what else is going on as far as like the big four. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can work Exodus, Testament, and Overkill in just a little bit later mm-hmm. after that. Um, the Exodus, Testament, and Overkill they they seem to kind of to me they they sort of followed Anthrax's lead. You know what I mean, and sort really? of and kind of release stuff sort of around the same time. That, oh, okay, I see what you're that saying. Anthrax was doing so. Um, I don't have the Exodus, you know, catalog committed no, to memory, no. nor Testaments. No. For some reason, I know a bunch about the Overkill catalog, and I have no fucking idea, because I've never been like, fucking Overkill. No, because Testaments, like, <laughs> like, you like Testament. I do like You Testament. think you yeah, know more yeah. about that one. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird, the shit you pay attention to. Anyway, uh, so this is worth noting, too. Uh, debuted at uh, 128 on Billboard. That's actually lower than I thought. Went all the way up to 29. Still lower than I thought. 300,000 copies sold in the first three weeks. Uh, 2003, it was six times certified platinum. Oh, my gosh. 
So we know how platinum works, right? Yeah, yeah. So two million over whatever the cost was. So we'll do the math there. Twelve million over the blah blah blah. Yeah. All that crap. Um, you got uh, primarily Lars and James doing the bulk of the handwriting with yeah. Cliff and Kirk interspersed. I always feel like Kirk doesn't do a whole lot of the writing. I feel like Kirk just puts solos on things. He does. Yeah. Or at least back then. Yeah. He did. And, yeah, yeah, that was that was his sort of thing. Famously. I remember, I remember having lots of people talk about the way that they did recording that um, James played most of the rhythm tracks. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Kurt would just come in and play a solo. Play right solos over it, yeah. And then see you tomorrow. Yeah, see you guys. <laughs> God, I, that's got to be awkward for him. I mean, I don't know. I I know for me as a drummer, that was often the case when we recorded. It was, okay, drummer's got to come in first. Get all your shit tracked before we can track anything else. Right. You get scratch tracks for guitar just so the drummer knows where he is in the song. And then then everybody else comes in. So I remember being in there and then day one, everyone shows up. Everyone's excited. We're going to just roll drum tracks. Fuck yeah. Day two, you're the only one who shows up. <laughs> day three, you're the only one who shows up. <laughs> and then everyone else starts recording their stuff. And you want to come hang out, and you're literally just fucking sitting there doing yeah, nothing that's, I mean, all goddamn day. <laughs> that's how that's, that's been. It's been that way for decades. Yeah, it's just like oh, with bands. That, yeah, yeah. Well, getting a good drum take is. I mean, that's the and worst. Speaking of, yeah, Fleming Rasmussen. Fleming Rasmussen produced this album. Which good name, right? This the best name. Here's here's the interesting thing about him. So. Uh, they had originally wanted Getty Lee to produce the album. Oh God, that would have been amazing. Would it? Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't see the album coming out as good as if, if, I mean, have you fucking listened to Rush? A lot. You know, that stupid song about the trees, (laughs) whatever that fucking song is called. Like, I can't stand Rush. Like, I'll I'll admit. This changes my opinion of you. (laughs) I'll I'll admit their importance, you know, big things. But, but, but other than Mastodon. Yeah. Other than Mastodon or no, just Mastodon. (laughs) If you let the drummer write all and or the bulk Mm -hmm. of the lyrics for the band, I immediately do not trust you as an artistic entity. <laughs> I think that happens probably more than you realize. The only, I mean, like it's like Anthrax, like Charlie Benante, the drummer, mm-hmm. writes all the music. Yeah, Scott Ian writes all the lyrics. That's so weird. It's I've never been in a band where the vocalist didn't write the lyrics. It's strange. It's weird it's, to me. It's strange. It's strange. But anyway. I don't want Getty Lee producing a Metallica. I album. do. That's like I also like, wanted less well, no, no, just in Metallica. Just fucking, just just fucking interchange, interchange the bands, yeah. okay? Just for the sake of the argument, mm-hmm. Getty Lee produces Slayer. You know, you raise a valid point because that would not be good. What happens? It's going to be a real funky Slayer album. It's fucking, <laughs> it's fucking Jeff Hanneman breaking a Heineken bottle over Getty Lee's forehead. And telling him to get the fuck out of my face. You know, like, it doesn't... I I feel like they would get along fine, but I feel like both albums would be a lot more jangly. (laughs) I feel like, like, the mix and the tone would be... It sound like fucking Rush. It would be that really guys. over the top echo produ- <laughs> 70s echo production on everything. Right. Yeah. No, I just I just see Kenny Lee showing up 
Because I can't fucking stand Getty Lee's voice. So yeah, he's a high voice. Here's my imp- here's my impersonation of Getty Lee. Hey guys, <laughs> you got this song called Battery. Maybe you should try wearing one of these kimonos. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> James, James, Rush? how about you while you're playing these rhythm parts? Here's this organ keys. Here are these organ foot pedals. Let me see if you can just like stomp on some yeah. some some E yeah. sharp. I don't I don't want Getty Lee producing. Oh. If if Getty Lee wants to produce like a Peter Gabriel album, fine. Yeah. Fine, have at it. Have a good time, pal. Like Getty Lee but, produce a Primus album. That mm-hmm. makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm okay with that. Yeah. Alex Leifson will probably show up and be like, "Hey, what's going on? Let's smoke a joint." Yeah, you know. But I don't want—I <laughs> don't want Getty Lee anywhere near the big four, the medium three, or the small two. Yeah, I imagine Getty Lee plus insert metal band. It's probably not the best. <laughs> like the 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 the, the, <laughs> the, like the childlike wonder in me <laughs> wants these things to happen, <laughs> but it's like I want it to happen and then I want it to not exist anymore and to go back to what the way it was. Just so I, yeah, I just so no, I know. No, no, I get this funny, <laughs> funny real life comparison. Okay, yeah. real life comparison. I think of I get my fucking mic. I'm not. It's fucking <laughs> it's irritating. Usually me it's and pissing you're, me you're off fighting today. It today. It's fucking making me angry. I'm close to punching it. Um. <laughs> One of the things, real life comparison, okay? So, uh, okay, what if Getty Lee produced Master of Puppets? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fun to imagine. Yeah. I always think of the people before the election <laughs> that that Donald Trump won the presidency. And they're like, that's not going to happen. That everybody was all like, let's just fucking vote for him, see what happens. You yeah. know what I mean? This, yeah, this is this is be crazy. <laughs> this is crazy. Oh God! <laughs> and like, I feel like I feel like you know, it's not the same thing. Yeah, clearly. But you would probably have the same effect. Yeah, let's just you know see what, what happens. Then oh, Getty Lee produces a Metallica album, and it's just I and I'm not look, look. Uh, me on a personal level, anybody mm-hmm. that knows me personally, I'm a libertarian. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate the government. <laughs> I hate federal overreach. I want to be fucking left alone. As long as you don't fuck with me, I don't give a shit what you yeah, do. Yeah. What you do, just you stay out of my yard. <laughs> Goddamn kids. Fucking don't. If you try to punch me, I'm going to hit you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that sort of thing. So music, the lifeblood as an entity is non-political for the most part. Yeah. But me as a person, I'm a libertarian and I hate politicians. Yeah. I hate them. Anyway, what I'm saying is I'm not saying I'm not making any kind of commentary on Donald Trump's presidency other than it's been a fucking, it's been nuts. It's been interesting. It's it's been interesting is the best way. Nuts. Just absolutely. So if Getty Lee produced, Master of Puppets. They show up at the Electra offices and go, "Okay, here's the album." I think the Electra guy, mm-hmm. the president of the label, goes, "Hmm, <laughs> what happened? What did did we okay this?" <laughs> it's kind of like the same effect like music from the Elder has. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> who's 
Whose fault is Whose this? Fault is this? <laughs> You're like it's not even. It's so jarring. Like you don't. You can't even get angry. Yeah. At it's first, just it's confusion. Just, it's just more like how. Did, how this ha- who let this happen? Did we approve a budget? The series you know? of events leading to this is <laughs> out- is outstanding. Like how there's so many wrong answers. I don't want Getty Lee anywhere near. It's, there's just so many near. what ifs around Metallica. <laughs> what if Getty Lee produced Master of Puppets? What if Cliff is still alive? Right. What if Lars wasn't in the band? Like there's so many what if, what if what if Les Claypool was in Metallica for right, a while? Right. Right. Like, right. There's right. so many what ifs, and I want all of them to happen just to see. <laughs> I just need to know. There's this, what if they didn't cut their. There's hair? like that alternative. There's a movie on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, can't may, can't even remember what it's called, but it's about people. Oh, it's one of those Cloverfield movies. Yeah, the new one. Yeah, that one. Cloverfield um, paradox. The is that what it is? I think so. Cloverfield paradox. So. These people, they go into space with a big machine. They turn the machine on, and it throws them into another dimension. And that dimension is uh, there's monsters killing everybody. I don't think everybody. this is Cloverfield, but continue. No, positive is Cloverfield. Okay. Positive. Okay. There's big monsters, so I ruined the movie for you. You did. I haven't seen you it. Have and I fucking was deal with it. To it. There's big monsters. Cloverfield monsters. Yeah, they're on yeah, Earth, yeah. and they're trying to like fuck shit up. We gotta get some energy. Mm-hmm. Something. But anyway. Kind of like that with Metallica. If we had like a big spaceship, we shot up into space, and when we got Open up there, second dimension, we crank it up, and then we see all dimensions that Metallica exist in, <laughs> and we can look and into can each one and go, them. we can go, okay, so Getty Lee produced Master of Puppets. It's shit. Moving on. Oh my god, that was no. Move on to the next one. Lars is out of the band. Hey, hey, this is real good. <laughs> What's Let's maybe stay here for a load little and while. reload. Never happens. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Could be any number of things, but if you had to be able to do that, what my, what my concern is, mm-hmm. what my concern would be is that Jason never gets to the band. That's that. Yeah. And that's what would scare me because during the better part of their shitty years, yeah. Jason is the one thing that was not shitty. That's true. You know what I it's mean? It's true. Yeah. Like, I'm scared. It's like if you go back in time and you accidentally step on that butterfly. Yeah. Then all of a sudden water doesn't exist. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, extreme? Is, yeah. like I don't know. I could yeah. be any number of they Or fucking we, we, we humans don't have eyes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just some sort of chain reaction into evolution of, mm-hmm. of mankind. So chain reaction into the evolution of Metallica and we get no Jason Newstead and like we fucking wind up with like Billy Sheehan from Mr. Big. You know what I mean? Like it just be like this is a fucking nightmare. Uh, whoops. It's like I'm awake in a nightmare. Please make it stop. Send me back to the spaceship. <laughs> What is okay? So while while we're here, while we're talking about it, what's the worst choice for a bass player we can pick for Metallica? Yeah, um, like Cliff dies, gotta who, find him. Or no, let's say let's say Cliff Cliff who do we Cliff happened with? when Jason left and we got Rob. Who what's the worst idea we could have picked? Um, like the bass player from fucking uh, the murder ju- Gigi Allen and the murder junkies Merle like Merle jo- I feel like Merle be okay <laughs> like, I don't think he can I, play half of those songs though. that might be true <laughs> I feel like there's worse than like just 
Like, who plays bass for, like, Yanni? (laughs) (laughs) They're probably really good. Probably somebody really talented, (laughs) yeah, but just not into it. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Uh, Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. I'm going to think about that. I got all kinds of people that I just like to see. Like, uh, uh, um, Maya, Mia, Mia or Maya, M-I-A, whatever her name is, from the Donna's. I got it. Winds up in Medallia. That would be amazing. I got it. <laughs> I know the worst one. What? It's Gene. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> it, it would just become Metallica Inc. And it'd be real bad. <laughs> and I feel like he would still want to wear the Kiss stuff. <laughs> He'd be in his contract that he has to wear the fucking paint and shit. It'd just be Metallica. And every show would be, it wouldn't become Metallica. It'd be Meca- Metallica. It'd be Gene Simmons featuring Metallica. <laughs> uh, I mean, on the spaceship, that could be. That could be a that thing. That could be. Imagine how much the rest of the world would be different if that was the case. The USS Metallica needs to happen. <laughs> The Metallica Armada. What, what? Mm. Mm. <laughs> mm. I almost made a joke that was in really bad taste. Uh, now, if I say it, we'll have to edit it out. Don't say it. Okay. I, don't, I don't want to go back and edit it. I hate editing. I hate it. Maybe just put it on the Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, no, I think bleh, that's even too much. Bleh, 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 anyway, bleh, bleh, bleh. Master of Puppets, let's do a track by track. We're just time to do the track let's by track. Do the motherfucking track by track. It's a track by, by track. track. It's a motherfucking track by track. <laughs> It's a good way to open an album. It's a fucking good starter. It really yeah, is. It is a good a opener. Really good way to now open. it's my mic. It's we all right? Yeah. You got, oh. It's got nice and shh. Stop. I'm trying to. It sounds so bizarre in these headphones. Sounds like like bad things. Yeah. I don't know. Just like the sound of something bad. The creak, a creaking. It sounds like a creaking bed, which already is bad ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Something coming out of the closet, making that sound. Dragging its body weight from under your bed. (laughs) (laughs) It's like like the body weight, like cracking the bed as it pulls out. Uh, All right. Okay. Battery. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> so i've been listening to this album since i was a kid yeah and there's not a lyric on here that i can't just you know, know just yeah. know and it's one of those times where like the lyrics always stick with me of this album i think that master of puppets and injustice for all are probably james the most poignant lyrics. his high point yeah for yeah. lyric for lyricism I mean, you don't think fire, fire with fire, fire, fire with fire. 
Sometimes I wish she sang like that. Yeah, lashing out the action, returning to returning the reaction, weak and ripped and torn away. Can I kill the battery? Hypnotizing power, crushing all the cower. Batteries here to stay. Battery. Special through the batteries. <laughs> the he's found me. Can I stop the battery? God, this album's real good. Uh, the, the, good well, no, the good songs on this album are real good. I don't think there's a bad song on this album. I really do not care for Welcome Home. I just don't care for it. I think that speed I think that speaks more about you as a person. Why is that? Because you are a raging inferno of anxiety. You know what your problem is, Dustin? It's not that. You think you're better than everyone else. It's not what it is. <laughs> it's absolutely not what it is. Why am I a raging inferno of anxiety? I don't know, you tell me. <laughs> Like this seems to be like a pretty regular conversation. Yeah, no, it is. It is. It I is. think. I think. I think. Welcome home, sanitarium. It's too close to makes home. you uncomfortable it's too close to home. because it's like holding the mirror up. <laughs> I don't think it's quite that bad. I don't think I need to admit it anywhere. How many times in your mind have you literally said to yourself? Just leave me alone. <laughs> I don't think ever, actually. Oh, you absolutely At least have. not like that. This describes you perfectly. Welcome to where time stands still. No one leaves, no one will. Moon is full, never seems to change. Just labeled mentally deranged. I do that with you on a regular basis. I don't feel like that's true. Dream the same thing every night. I see our freedom in my sight. No locked doors, no windows barred, no things that make my brain seem scarred. Hmm. Sleep, my friend, and you will see the dream is my reality. They keep me locked up in this cage. Can't you see? That's why my brain says rage. I think you have a bad idea of who I am as a person. <laughs> I mean, you're like one step away from like career criminal. Oh, am I? <laughs> and the reason why. Because I think I'm better than everyone else. That's your problem. <laughs> God, it's every episode for the past like three months. I just get fed up. Fed up with me saying that I don't like this song. Fed up with your your expectations. <laughs> your unreal expectations. You're like a. You're like a. You're like a. This is like a marriage where you're never happy. I'm, I'm, you're never happy with what I do. <laughs> oh, did you write sanitarium? <laughs> I, wa- I wasn't aware, Dustin. <laughs> Battery. Yeah. It's got some weird time stuff. It does, with the off hits with the snares yeah. on the downbeats. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I think um, this, yeah, and Justice for All, too. Yeah. Lars, like, there's times when you go, what are you doing? You know? <laughs> and I don't know if that's a good right. thing. Well, I do. Yeah. I do, because I'm like, whoa, what are you doing? <laughs> and then... It's it's just very clear cocaine. Got Coke. Coke is what he was he's doing. He's all hopped up on goofballs. Coke makes Lars just a great drummer. <laughs> just a great, great he's got a, drummer. He's got all that energy in that tiny little body. He's just got to get it out. Little Danish and frame. Little Danish frame. Your tiny little Danish frame. <laughs> he is short. He's firing on 20 spark plugs. Yeah. <laughs> he only has five, but he's firing on 20. <laughs> right. I yeah, battery is a good way to open the album. It it is, but like I like we said earlier, I feel like it could have been used elsewhere better. 
Yeah, I would have rather Disposable Heroes open the album. Yeah, because a lot of the songs in this album have like some kind of theatrical intro. You could have put it anywhere. Bum. Like... Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. 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 Every song has some kind of cool intro. Yeah, some interesting, yeah, just some interesting time signatures all over the album. Yeah. Nothing like uh nothing like between the buried and no, the level. No. But he'll skip uh There's there's some there's some measures where they just they cut down they either like add a beat or they'll cut down to three four for like the end of a phrase. Yeah. 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 There's nothing it's not like calculus. No, no. It's, it's just like, like it'd be like because phrases are usually in fours, so it'll be like four 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 five four. Four 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 five four. Yeah, it just adds that extra beat and like when you don't expect it, you're like fuck <laughs> like when you listen to it you <laughs> well i think that's why uh part of the reason this to me part of the reason this album has such a sense of urgency yeah to it is partly because of that yeah i could when you add that like i picture like as a listener like metallica is like grabbing you by the shirt and just like mm-hmm. shaking you <laughs> for you know, that like, for that one extra beat <laughs> <laughs> You know, <laughs> listen, you know, that, that sort of thing. And that's why, that's why I like battery is, I mean, it's a really good opener. It's, it's a really good opener. Is this a really good song in general? They still open their sets with this a lot of times, don't they? I don't know. Really? I, don't I, know, know. I know for uh, a while this was usually, usually they do, they do something from the most recent album to open the show. So it's like, that's a bummer. You know, I don't know what they were opening with on the black album, but I mean, if I had to guess. Inner Probably. Sandman, or, yeah, or God, that'd be a boring ass intro. What Inner Sandman? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I saw them on my brother. My brother and I went to see them on the Load Tour. Yeah, <laughs> you poor soul. Um, it was a good show. I bet. Yeah, but it was a good show. Um, I can't remember what they opened with. Oh, ain't my biatch. Ain't my bitch. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. And I was okay. Yeah. Just shut up and play Trapped Under Ice. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Can you guys just play Leper Messiah <laughs> for a half hour? <laughs> Turn the uh, six, five minute song into 30 minutes. Right. Extended, extended like Rush, like, you know, psychedelic. Deep Purple's been doing it for, you know, 40 years. Oh, God. Don't fucking get me started on Deep Purple. (laughs) Jesus Christ. People worship at the altar of Deep Purple. I'm not saying they're not a good band. That's not what I'm saying, but they are not nearly as fucking good as what everyone thinks they are. I'll buy that. Yeah. Fucking listen to Uriah Heap. Smoke on the Water Live, man. It's like 38 minutes. Is that what it is? Yeah. I mean, Iron Butterfly, Inagata DeVita was like five hours of Inagata DeVita is that drum solo. Oh, God. As a drummer, I enjoy a good drum solo, but there is a line. But there, There's a line. And Inagata DeVita crossed it. Like three minutes in. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I, yeah, thank God Metallica don't have drum solos. They wouldn't be very good. <laughs> just mean 
I, I, I just speak the truth. Doesn't <laughs> I think? I think there was a time. I, th- I think there was a time where he was like a legitimately pretty badass drummer. I mean, he was pretty good on this album. Yeah, this yeah. one in Injustice for All. He's, yeah, specifically uh, he's, on. He's uh, at the top of his game. Uh, disposable Heroes and Leper Messiah. He's got some double bass on those two songs. That's pretty tight. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, battery. Yeah. I like the lyrics to it. Me too. I think um, whenever I listen to Battery, who co-wrote that? Um, it was. It's just Hatfield and Lars. That's it. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder, like, because James and Lars lived together. Yeah. They had a house or something. Apartment, I would assume. <laughs> um, they they lived together, and they would take Cliff and Kirk's sort of like demos and mm-hmm. and like compile stuff together and see what works where that sort of thing but i think james is james is writing the riffs because i don't think lars is that much of a guitar player he might no. be able to put his hands on it and do some shit but he's not going to be able to do what james or kirk does yeah so for sure i think lars has a lot to do with the arrangement structure yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and you can see him do that when you watch um, Some, year um, year and a half in the year and a half in in the life of Metallica, mm-hmm. the documentary that came out for to promote the Black Album. Mm-hmm. So they do first like hour and a half or whatever it is is them making the album. Yeah. Second hour and a half is them touring. Yeah. And you can hear Lars and Bob talking to each other about you know, comp- comping takes, different takes, yeah. and getting the best stuff. He's like, he's really into arranging the music. And I think I think it's kind of for selfish reasons sometimes. He wants to be control- in control of the, of the final product. Well, kind of that thing. I think that's part of it. Yeah. However, I think, I think as we've gotten farther into the career, I think he's legitimately concerned with his ability to play the song sometimes i think he's talking about his, his, so, his i don't want i don't want it to be like i don't want us to do like a two-hour episode of just shitting all over lars because he is a good he is a good drummer he is a good drummer but you and i have talked about where his skills have declined they've deteriorated yeah they've, they've deteriorated in the last 10 years but i do think that you have to admit that if you did not have lars and metallica Metallica may not sound the way that it does. You would still have James's, you know, dyad driven riffs and yeah. and Kirk's wah solos and stuff like that. You know, if you had somebody like Charlie Benante, they might have remained heavier longer. Yeah, for sure. That's possible. But ultimately, Lars is a major, major contributing factor to Metallica's success and or its critical acclaim. I mean, then let him be a producer and find a better drummer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you. I, mean, I, see, I know. I'm you're now. You personally, you're never going to relent. I'm. I'm not. I don't. I don't care for his drumming. I think the reason I don't care for it is because I identify with it so much. The way he plays is kind of similar to the way I played. Mm. Like, and was it's a purely a happenstance. I never listened to a whole lot of Metallica for the drumming purposes when I was young, but like. He does things that I do that bother me that I try to stay away from. <laughs> so like it right. just it just gets under my skin. Mm. So I, I try real hard to like I don't know. 
I don't think he, you've turned me around on him as a person. Right. He's a better dude. He did do a lot for the band. I get it. I still don't like his drums, and it's only getting worse. I don't know what to tell you. No, you're good. I mean, it's my opinion, man. You're just what it is. I hope they don't. I, hope. I think he's pretty good on this album. I'll give you that. Yes. Yeah. He's. I think he does he's. Some cool I think he's very good on this album. He does some cool stuff. On yeah. This album. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Master of Puppets. Yeah. I mean, it's Master of Puppets. It's fucking Master of Puppets. It's just. Master of Puppets. Fucking master, master, master. Where's master. dreams that I've been after? Master. Master. Promised only lies. Laughter. Laughter. All I hear or see is laughter. <laughs> That's my favorite part of the song. Yeah? That middle section. Laughing at my cries. Solo. I love that. I love that sort of... I was I was talking about this with somebody uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Literally, um, we were listening to Megadeth's "Peace Cells" yeah album, and the way Gar Samuelson, uh, Megadeth's OG drummer, mm-hmm. the way he played, um, he was f- pretty fluent in double bass. Yeah, I don't think he was good as Lombardo. Well, I mean, few are or so. or, or Benante, but he he did this thing where. You know, you have like a Megadeth song, one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four. He'll he'll sort of slam it into gear, mm-hmm. you know, where he won't start the double bass on the one. He'll start it on the two and skip the one and, and yeah. then all of a sudden he'll, he'll come out of a field. Yeah. And then the, the double bass will kick in. And Lars does that on here occasionally. Usually double bass starts after a psh and then a back to a yeah. one, uh back to a one and then he'll start on the start on the the and between the one and two mm-hmm. and it creates this um it creates this sort of like i always picture like a semi like drive drop it in like gear driving down like yeah. route 66 and then all of a sudden wham and yeah. it, you know it you know, you throw it into gear and it just takes off flying. And I think Lars does that a lot mm-hmm. on this album, and it gives it this sort of, sort of like behemoth, sort it, of it kinda, like this. It kind of feels like it has a kick. Yeah, like this yeah. gigantic behemoth of a monster just like kicking into motion all yeah. of a sudden. I think it's it's neat when Lars does it. Um, I think um, disposable heroes. Uh, I think it's the last verse mm-hmm. of the song um, where the double bass kicks in and he's yeah he's he's with both of his feet. I think it's on Disposable Heroes, but that in and of itself, because he doesn't play double bass all over the album like Dave Lombardo would. Yeah, I think it makes when it has he, more of an impact when he does. Yeah. It has more of an impact where with Slayer you get the the vast majority of the impact is coming from the combination of the the stringed instruments and the drums working yeah. in unison where with Metallica they don't always do that and Lars will add urgency what Lars is choosing to play will add urgency to the song yeah. and creates a different sort of dynamic soundscape yeah the dr- drummer ha- drummers have way more control in the feeling of a song than people realize oh yeah even just yeah, change yeah. change the biggest change you can fucking make to a song if, there's, if you're playing a riff that's uh, even if it's like a, 
just you're playing along with a rhythm to a, over behind a solo changing your snare hits from one and three or from uh, one and three to two and four is will completely change how that how mm-hmm. that riff feels yeah, yeah. and like i don't think people realize just how little things like that can completely change yeah how a song a whole phrase feels yeah like it's it when you're when you do one when you're on one and three or it or yeah whoops open things when you're on one and three it feels no two and four is when it feels quote unquote correct and then when you switch if a lot of times i love i always love going from two and four and then switching to one and three just as your downbeats just randomly because when you hit four you have the pickup right back into one so you get a double hit and you get back into it mm-hmm. and it catches people off guard. I just I just love the way that feels. Yeah, he does. He does a, a lot of stuff he, like he that. Does a, he does that. a lot and of it. Yeah. He really yeah. likes to emphasize downbeats with his snare rather than just a cymbal a bass drum. He likes to really add that snare and like we talked about it on the on the last song, the on a battery. on battery, he has those those pickup notes where he has t- two notes on the snare that that little five four measure it's either it's your five four like seven eight i can't figure out what it is without listening to it again and like that's something that he does on this album that i really enjoy is the yeah. the emphasizing the weird the weird offbeat stuff with a snare hit yeah because it really like makes it super punchy makes me wonder where it comes from because <clears throat> there's not a lot of that on kill them all no there's not wonder if it could be something Fleming coached out of him maybe you know yeah. and I think think worth mentioning too uh Fleming producing this album mm-hmm. he's a Dane too so I would think he was something that wasn't from a from yeah <laughs> yeah from a uh, imagine the advantage that they have with a Danish speaking drummer does, in the band does Lars speak Danish fluently yeah. yes. I don't know if he did or not yes okay. yes I watched a whole fucking subtitled chunk of interviews with large Lars the other day where he's speaking danish yeah it's weird that's that is weird because like, he was born and raised here like you don't think he was he was he born here or was he just raised here i'm not sure yeah because like he, you never see him being i don't know it is a, you, i think he I would, played he was a i think he played tennis while he was in denmark i never would just would have expected him to to know like thoroughly know another language oh god yeah he's yeah. all he's all over it. it's, hmm. it's amazing interesting but just imagine like the advantage that gives you, yeah, with that producer. Because I would imagine like if James or or Cliff was trying to communicate an idea, yeah, to Fleming, and there's a bit of a language there, barrier. There could be a language barrier, and then Lars can go in and say, blah, 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 yeah, yeah, Danish words, and then Fleming goes, oh, okay, yeah, sure. gotcha, yeah. yeah, we can do that, Matt, and. Prior to prior prior to working with Metallica, because he worked on Ride the Lightning too, the only really band of note was Rainbow that Fleming good Fleming band. Fleming had worked with. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Hmm. To me, I feel like on Ride the Lightning, the the stakes were lower because it was still on Megaforce. Yeah. Master of Puppets is on Electra, mm-hmm. obviously. Way so bigger. The label. stakes the stakes were lower. Yeah. On Ride the Lightning, but stakes were much, much, much higher on Master of Puppets. And I think the only reason that the only reason that Fleming ended up with the job was because they had sort of vetted him. He's already worked with them. With yeah. with Ride the Lightning. So and I think he made the album better. Yeah. You know, he wasn't there for the entirety of the mixing process, but I mean he made a really big impact. Yeah. Makes me wonder how much he was kind of coaching the guys from a song. Producers have a big hand in things. You got sometimes a good yeah. producer yeah, helps absolutely. a lot. Uh, thing that should not be. 
It's another one I don't super care for. It's a good song, but it's... I like the solo in it. Yeah, solo's good. Yeah. I mean, all of Kirk's solos are good. They, I think a lot of them lack a little bit of structure. A lot of times it's just shred for shred, mm-hmm. but they're all good. Like, you can't talk rap about Most of them. his solos are hummable, though. Yeah. I, yeah. Asked, I asked somebody the other day, like, they were like, out of the big four, who you... And I was Slayer. Yeah, yeah I prefer, for sure. I prefer yeah. Slayer out of, out of all of them. And he was a he was a big Metallica guy, and he was like, "Dude, how can you stand Carrie King? Carrie King especially, because yeah. I think Jeff Hanneman, the long because we're talking about two guitar players that literally played exclusively with each other, yeah, for yeah. A like long what, like seventeen, time. eighteen yeah. years? I don't know what a, whatever it was, but um, those two guys, their styles began to meld, you know, kind yeah. of meld together, but." Towards the, you know, like on Rain and Blood, you can go, that's a, that's a carry solo. Yeah. Because it's just. <laughs> and that's what yeah. he, he says. Like, dude, how can you stand Carrie's solos? And I'm like, how can you stand Kirk's solos? <laughs> like right back at him. I'm yeah. Like, Fuck you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he was like, because I can hum them. Yeah. And I can like, I can fucking hum stuff on seasons in the abyss <laughs> you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. but like this so like chemical warfare sorry yeah you know what i mean <laughs> you're not or fucking hell awaits yeah but i mean that but i think the slayer riffs for me are more memorable than metallica riffs yeah. however i think they were bound to make the black album that that's that's the thing. Think so that's the thing with Metallica. They were absolutely it. It is. It was fate for that. I band. think Metallica and, wanted the commercial success more so than the other ones did. Well, no, I think they wanted to make sure they could live off of yeah, of making yeah. the money. And I think the Metallica the the Black Album was bound to happen. And you can base that on Welcome Home Sanitarium, mm-hmm. the thing that should not be fade to black, mm-hmm. and for whom the bell tolls. In those songs, and the the more ballady, yeah, you know what I mean, "Fade to Black" and um, uh, "Welcome Home Sanitarium." It is, it's like, it's like tarot cards. You know, like you throw <laughs> the, the the fucking gypsy throws down the card, and it's the black album card. You know what I mean? And the oh <laughs> fuck, ah, we gotta be commercially successful. We gotta make something called the black album. You know, like it, it was just it was written in the cosmos. And yeah. there's I to me, it's it's uh, it's. You can't dispute it. Yeah. No, I, I mean, is it undisputable or indisputable? It's undisputable. I think right? it's undisputable. I think it's yeah. Un- yeah. I, Nega <sighs> disputable. Ne- that's not. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. Well, that'd be the other way around. Somebody. Yeah. Um. Uh, I don't know. This is this is this is one of the more unmemorable songs on the album for me. Like the thing that should not be. Yeah. Really? It just does. It just didn't do it for me, man. Like, I think. Uh, the, I I was wondering what you were going to say about some of these songs, and I think some of it has to do with how many times you've heard it. That's probably you know true, I mean? yeah. Like, if, like, I don't ever want to listen to Kiss Alive <laughs> ever yeah. again. Yeah. You know, like, I'm that way on and the... And Destroyer, too. Like, no, thank you. I'm that way about the, the, the Dragon Force album that had the fire and flames on it, mm-hmm. it was in human rampage yeah, i don't fucking need that shit anymore yeah like, i'm yeah. fucking over it yeah. yeah well what what happened with me was like i grew up master puppets was my metallic album. yeah for sure and as i got older i'm like i i played it too much mm-hmm. you know what i mean i played it too much and i'm like 
I want to like this, and but then, I don't yeah, anymore. Yeah. And then I got to like my mid twenty, mid to late twenties, and I was like, ride a lightning. But I always skip for whom the bell tolls and fade to black. Yeah. Every fucking time. <laughs> Every fucking time. Who the bell tolls. <laughs> time marches on. I just I can't. No. Just don't. Yeah. It's one of those things that if you go to an event, like the idea that always comes into my mind is if, because when I was younger, I still was in the metal when I was younger. So if I went anywhere that played music, say bowling alley, roller rink, anywhere that involved music being played, I go up there and say, hey, play something metal. They're going to play something on this. <laughs> they're going to play one of those. Like you're going to get, for whom the bell tolls, you're going to get... Master Puppets, you're going to get Inner Sandman. I pictured you at a rolling rink, right? Yeah. I pictured you at a rolling rink walking up to the counter going, hey, can you put on some metal? And they go, you like fucking Third Eye Blind? All right. <laughs> we got some Nickelback for you. <laughs> yeah. Third Eye Blind, man, speaks to me. <laughs> Oh my god, I forgot about that conversation. <laughs> that was like over a year ago. Uh, Holy shit. Uh, Cheryl Crow. Mm. It's like she's talking right to me. That song is about me. <laughs> I love my adult contemporary. Mm. <laughs> Just put it on. <laughs> Get some lattes. Put it on. We'll go do the dishes. <laughs> Ugh. Cheryl Crow. I'm gonna I'm gonna cup this I'm gonna cup this warm cup of tea with both of my hands in my big sweater. Yeah. Oh like way too big. It's like hand woven. (laughs) And listen to Cheryl Crow. No, you gotta be it's gotta be even more. You have to have your fucking your big cup of of tea listening to, to Cheryl Crow, but you're in like you're in super denial and you're like wearing like your behemoth sweater. <laughs> and like, it's like, man, I love Cheryl Crow. <laughs> uh, gross. Um, <laughs> I like that change song of hers. I, uh, change to get it. What do you good? I like three dog night. That's about as a dog contemporary as I get. Right. Uh yeah, welcome home, sanitarium. Sanitarium. When they get to the just leave me alone. That uh fear of living on. Yeah. Natives getting restless now. Mutiny in the air. I got some death to do. Fear stares back hard. Kill is such a friendly word. Ugh. When I, they played that they played that when I saw him and I remember going you know seems the only way you know like my, <laughs> yeah. my brother and I just ah! <laughs> I need to fucking see Metallica I don't even really care for them all that much but it's one of those things you just gotta do I feel like you gotta I, go see him I feel like you're too late oh, they're still doing stuff it's like Kiss no, right. it's not like Kiss because James well, can yeah, still do his not thing. That, it's not that bad. Yeah. It's not that bad, but uh, they are they are in the twilight of their career. I don't know. I feel like they're still putting out decent stuff, though. They are death, yeah. death magnetic, and uh, uh, yeah, we're shit out of luck. That's album. We're fucked. <laughs> I just call it the shit out of luck album. Yeah. Um, 
Hardwired. Hardwired. There it is. <laughs> I'm just going to stay with shit out of luck. Yeah. No, that'll work. When they put out shit out of luck. Yeah. That was, it's, I think, okay? arguably, yeah. that Death Magnetic is a better album than, than Hardwired. However, mm-hmm. Death Magnetic was mastered so fucking hot. Yeah. That it sounds like the sound is coming from a boiling pot of water. <laughs> <laughs> What is what is all this static? What is this just crackling I got going on? Yeah, I I would I would go as far to say that I think uh, Hardwired is probably the best album we've gotten since the Black Album. You know the thing. The reason you're frustrated is because it was two decades of bullshit, and then we got. Death Magnetic and Hardwired. I personally like Hardwired more than Death Magnetic. Here's, okay. Here's the thing. Is it that I think I'm better than everyone else? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that. (laughs) No, it's not. What is? That is not. But on, from, based on, based on the breadth, the breadth of, of the entirety of the Metallica catalog. Yeah. The, no. I said since, not so, overall. No, no, send me back. Back on time. <laughs> okay. That Death Magnetic is a much better album than what than what Hardwired is. I mean I get I, Hard Hard Hardwired Hardwired is the it's the combination of let's say let's say Injustice for All and mm-hmm. Load. You think so? Yeah. Where, I don't think whereas, so. whereas, Death Magnetic mm-hmm. is the combination of the Black Album and Master of Puppets. I disagree with that. So I, I think Death Magnetic is a much better album than what Hardwired is. Hmm. So much better. So way better. Way I'll better. get back to you on it. I'll go. I'll go listen to them both again, and we'll get. We'll, I'll, I'll get back to you. I'll report back. To be continued. To be continued. All right. Side two. Yep. My favorite song. Mine as well. Disposable Heroes. That's a good song. What a fucking... Back to the front! What a fucking interesting choice of time signatures. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We also get some double bass on this song, too. Yeah, we do. We get a bunch of it. It's a good time. Yeah. I enjoy it. I just like the enter the end the the intro. I just like that. This is one of those songs though that yeah, Lars did real good, but I feel like as a drummer, I would have done things different, and I feel like another drummer would have done things better. Like I don't know. It's he does. I thought he kills it on this. He song. does kill it, but there's okay. things I would done. Man, imagine how fucking sick it would have been with the. Had some blasties over it. Oh god, that'd have been fucking dope. Yeah, I don't know if anybody was thinking about blast beats at that point. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, there were for sure. There were. I think there's and not all blast of, beats are metal. I think there's can, a little bit of blast beats on seven churches. They fucking blast and fucking jazz, dude. It's just not metal. I got into a back and forth with one of our listeners about possessed. 
the the band or the possessed the possessed yeah i call them the the possessed. as do i yeah yeah or the obsessed the obsessed, obsessed. <laughs> which one was it <laughs> shit i don't know i can't remember which one it was it was one of the cest one of the est yeah one of, one of the cest bands yeah the disposable arrows has my singularly my favorite metallica lyric which is lyrics Oh, lyrics. Okay. Yeah. But you just, mean like one in particular? No, no. The whole song. I think, yeah. I no. think it's just the idea. Of, it has a good message. Yeah. The idea yeah. of soldiers born to die. Yeah. You know, I was born for dying. You know, Back that, to the front. Yeah. Yeah. You will die when I say you must die. Yeah. yeah. Bodies fill the fields I see. Hungry heroes in. No one to play soldier down. No one to pretend. As a sad that's fucking it's metal and it's sad uh, yeah <laughs> it's gut-wrenchingly yeah. painful like i did james is james is really interesting from a lyrical standpoint because he has some poignant commentary. absolutely yeah absolutely poignant commentary which is weird because we can go from you know running blind through killing fields bred to kill them all victim of what said should be um a servant uh, till I fall, mm-hmm. soldier boy made of clay, now an empty shell. Twenty one, only son, but he served us well. Bred to kill, not to care. Do just as we say. Um, finished here, greeting death. He's yours to take away. That's amazing prose. That's really good. That's amazing. Yeah. But in just a so we go from eighty six to like ninety five, ninety six. Oh God. You know what I mean? Visible kid. So, no, that's that. That was like 2002. I know, but like. But we cool. go from like, ain't my bitch. How do yeah. we go from that to that? And the reason we go from that to that is because scads of money. Yeah. Yeah. You hear all this money. <laughs> Here, Write songs we can play on the radio. Here's 100% of all the money. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look this up. Look this up. Ain't my, my bitch, my bitch lyrics. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Okay. All right. Okay. Out of my way, out of my day, out of out of your mind and into mind. Into no one, into not one, into your step, but out of time. Headstrong, what's wrong? I've already heard the song before you arrived, but now it's time to kiss your ass goodbye. Dragging me down while you surround so useless. In my bitch. <laughs> it ain't my fault. It ain't my call. It ain't my biatch. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. What's even more upsetting about that is when you read it, he has to have the cha on there or it doesn't, or it doesn't phonetically <laughs> yeah, it fit. Do, it doesn't work. <laughs> like, how do we, like, boy, have the mighty fallen. Jesus yeah. Christ. I just, man. Oh shit, dude! Oh fuck! Fucking bums me out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because disposable, disposable heroes, singularly the greatest song they've ever written. You think so? Not even going to argue about it. Okay, I'm not even willing. Well, you made the point. I'm so not. I'm, you can't argue with you. Not even willing to entertain counterpoints. Okay. <laughs> nope. Keep that in mind. No, okay. Your, your argument. No, it's you can't win. I'm bigger than you. <laughs> <laughs> I think message-wise, it's maybe the best message. Well, there's some good stuff on Injustice for All. Yeah. Like well, I, it's the same thing. I, the this Beholder. is the best written one. Yeah, yeah, like. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The I think it's the I think it's the second verse. Mm-hmm. 
barking of machine gun fire does nothing to me now. Sounding of the clock that ticks. Get used to it somehow. More man, more stripes you wear. Glory seeker trans bodies fill the fields I see. The slaughter never ends. That's the second verse, isn't it? Uh, and then the third verse. Yes, that's the second verse. Third verse is... Life, life planned out, out before, before my, my birth. Yeah. Before my birth. Is it birth? Yeah. Well, it okay. Life planned out before my birth. Nothing could I Nothing could I say. Had no chance to see myself molded day by day. Looking back, I realized nothing have I done. Left, Left to, to die, die with only friend. friend. Alone, I clenched my gun. Yeah, yeah. Fuck! Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was having that conversation the other day about the trooper. Oh, with, yeah. with somebody. And... <laughs> <laughs> the true the troopers the that's troop, another one i don't ever want to hear again the yeah i don't <laughs> no you can file that away with rock and roll all night i'm yeah. good but the troopers interesting because he doesn't even get to kill a russian no you know what i mean no. doesn't even make it that far no alone <laughs> without a tear i draw yeah. my parting groan you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> like dead in the mud yeah you know what I mean? It's fucking man. Maiden has a lot of good commentary like that too. Uh, if if Adrian Smith is writing it, I'll agree with you. Uh, you don't think uh, Run to the Hills is not a good like good, some good commentary on American history? I think Steve Harris is a good lyricist, mm-hmm. but I don't think that's <laughs> really. Yeah, yeah. Steve Harris needs to stick to writing music. Bass, and fucking let, and, let, and let Bruce and Adrian write lyrics hmm. because I'm fucking sick of Steve Harris's bullshit. I'm fucking sick of it. Okay. I'm sick of it. He lets fucking Yannick Gers play half of Adrian. <laughs> you hate half, Yannick half, so of, much. half of Adrian's solos and when it when they decide is, is Dave going to is Dave going to play his solo? <laughs> well, yeah, Dave's going to play his solo. Yeah. What about Adrian? Nah, we'll give it to we'll give it to Yannick so he can butcher the fuck out of it. I don't think it's that. It is that he bad. He is definitely. It is that bad. You got. He's a fucking Richie Blackmore clone. He, is the he we- has no business. He is the no. weakest of the three. No I'll give business. You that, no business. Down. Fucking wiping the sweat off of Adrian Smith's forehead. Yeah. I don't know, man. You take it. I you. I get it. <laughs> Your reaction is hostile. I get. Yes, I am hostile. <laughs> my, when I go see Iron Maiden. And you're gonna you're gonna fucking let Yannick Gers rip one of Adrian's solos? Are you fucking kidding me? Adrian Smith is is <clears throat> easily 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 in the top five percentile of greatest guitarist of all time. Like he's he's meticulous, he's deliberate, he he's he's conscious of melody, he's conscious of harmony, the way that he writes his solos. He, he would oh Wrecking my god, stuff. you all right? Stuff, sorry. Yeah, I know I'm angry, but (laughs) you'll need to throw things. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying that I do not, do not like the way that Mr. Harris runs the band. Sometimes episode. (laughs) Have you just complain for two hours? (laughs) What fucking no prayer for the dying, fear of the dark, and the fucking two Blaze Bailey bullshit albums. (laughs) Yeah, we should. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. See okay. how that goes. It'll just be me screaming about Tail Gunner for mm. three hours. It's a good name, though. Yeah. It's a good band name. There was a very briefly, there was a very young, very young group in Muncie that were like in their like 13s to 15s. Right. And they were called Tail Gunner and they were a power metal band. They were fucking dope. 
<laughs> Look, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna call if I'm gonna call my band Tail Gunner, mm-hmm. I'm gonna sound exactly like Joan Jett and the Black Arts. Really? Yeah. Mm. That's a shame. Yeah. Mm. Or Morbid Angel. That's less of a shame, but makes less sense. I know. That's. Mm. I mean, if you weren't better than everybody. I fucking hate you. <laughs> I am better than you. <laughs> I'll go that far. I'm better than you, Dustin. <laughs> uh, I think. I think one thing. I think. I think. I think music. The lifeblood has over time. Over time mm-hmm. has sort of. I don't know how, but in some sort of like cosmic sort of. It's kismet, you know what I mean? It's sort of like it's pushed me into this antagonistic role. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't tell if it was just like just part of my personality coming out. Yeah. Or if it was I just got agitated at how poor choice of music most people have. You know, their their taste in music. Mm. I can't tell. Yeah. Which one it was. It's like you're the antagonist and I'm the protagonist, but we're getting the story from the antagonist perspective. <laughs> so, so it's, am I really the protagonist? <laughs> right. <laughs> Just, <laughs> uh, it's funny because the, the, what is it? The archetypal, the archetypal, uh, the, the, the jester, the jester yeah. is the only one that can, that can tell the truth because he's beneath everyone. Yeah. You know, from a we're we're not gonna fucking take you seriously. You're, yeah, you're yeah. a goddamn jackass. <laughs> but like the fucking Jester's was like he's all like, Bleh. yeah, good yeah. commentary. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm like, in that sense, like, you know, like was it Graymer Word Tongue from Lord of the Rings? Yeah, from Lord yeah. of the Rings, the one uh, that whispers in the king's ear makes yeah. him all crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel yeah. like Music of Lifeblood is doing that to me. <laughs> The, the collective of the lifeblood, <laughs> right? Just like just whispering in your ear, as the entity is whispering in my ear to <laughs> to be like, make fun of Morrissey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Piss off the Van Halen fans. Yes. <laughs> I did. I mean, a while back, I went through. I went through, like, I dissected Van Halen in favor of Motley Crue being a better band from a, just, like, just unilaterally a better band than what Van Halen was. And, and I didn't even believe it, but I was pushing it, (laughs) you know what I mean? Just so I could be like, I'm going to squish this because... Put the in front of all <laughs> like, the band names. I, I didn't. I didn't like the tone of your comment. Yeah. So fill my wrath. <laughs> Put the in front of all the band names. The Van Halens. The Van Halens. The Metallica. Everyone. Off. The Motley Crues. What was the one I can never remember? Deftones. The de- Oh my God! People got so fucking mad. The video has like sixty thousand views <laughs> just because people are pissed off that you called them the Deftones. Last time I haven't looked at it in a while. But last time I had it, there were way more thumbs up than there were thumbs. Oh, down. really? So, uh, just people yeah. were pissed in the comments. Yeah, and there was even people like it's funny because they were like sympathy commenting. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you do, you Dustin. <laughs> you know, you seem like you're a really good guy. Ignore these fucking. I can haters. tell. I can tell you don't 
Deftones is out of your wheelhouse. <laughs> but great review, man. I'm like, I fucking know it's a good review. I wrote it. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Who thinks they're better than everyone else? <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, and in my de- in in my defense, I say Deftones and the Deftones. Yeah, it's just whatever. Interchangeably. Leper Messiah. Yeah. Jump, jump. I will argue that this is the or one of the heaviest Metallica songs. The Mm. chord progression's real dark in this song. They do do that. uh, You know how James will do those dyads every now and then? Mm -hmm. It gives it a almost like a flat Mm -hmm. sounding note. Mm -hmm. He does that in this. Yep. It's a heavy fucking song for them. Bum, 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 bum. Spineless from the start. <laughs> I wish that was how they did vocals some, sometimes. That's a lyrically a really good song. Yeah. Yeah, I like Leper Messiah. It's up there. It's up there with one of my, my faves. The the pre-chorus. Time for lust. Time for lust. No, wait. Was it time to kiss your life goodbye? Send me money. Send me green. Having you all made. Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That sort of the little bass, the uh, double time bass. Time for lust, time for lie, time to kiss your life goodbye. Send me money, send me green. Heaven, you will meet. Have a contribution, or make a contribution, and you'll get a better seat. Bow to the leper messiah. Yeah, it's a slower song for a lot of their stuff too. Bam, bam, At least bam. up until this point, this is one of their slower songs. I think that's one of my my <laughs> brother's favorite songs on this album. Yeah, yeah, it's a good I song. Me- I remember when he was in college and he was still at home there for a little while when he yeah. was in college. I remember him working on jamming art, out. Yeah, working yeah. on art projects to master of puppets. Mm. Yeah, this is it. This this album's so iconic. Even just like the artwork. Marvel at his tricks. <laughs> Get your Sunday fix. I think you need to be the vocalist from Blind Metallica. Devotion came. <laughs> I take it back. Never mind. <laughs> it was good there for a minute. Uh, yeah, Leopard Messiah. There's a good. Um, mm-hmm. That's just structurally. That's a good song. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They, they it's do. The, it's the really interesting. Uh, chord progression that I like so much it just it keeps dis- it it wraps it comes back up when it restarts well, but it, it descends well, farther than well. I feel like it should yeah yeah I think they what is it um yeah I think it's on ride the lightning yeah um <laughs> That's my wife. <laughs> you don't say. You don't say. There you go. <laughs> Awkward pause. Yeah. Um, I think it's on Ride the Lightning. Um, and I'm pretty sure it's... I gotta look at... I'm not gonna get it if I don't. Uh, fact check. Yeah, uh, gotta, gotta I got it. It's gonna. There's a song on Ride the Lightning. What is it? Um, Creeping Death. Oh, why yeah. did that not jump to my mind? But anyway, Metallica are very good at like intro, verse, uh, pre-chorus, verse, pre-chorus, chorus. Mm-hmm. 
big old weird middle section. Yeah, bridge. that doesn't make sense. Bridge. Yeah. Back into verse, pre-chorus, chorus, chorus. Mm -hmm. They're good at that. And typical gonna, song I'm gonna, structure. I'm good. <laughs> oh, I saw that. I know. Was, I saw the explosion. Was, all the the particle. It was powerful. <laughs> anyway, Leopard Messiah. Uh, yeah, it's all over this album. Just yeah. that structure, yeah. Where they go, we're gonna take you somewhere else for a hundred measures, <laughs> or whatever it is. Yeah, they get a lot of long ass songs on this album too. It gets worse on "Injustice for All." Are they even longer? Yeah, oh yeah, Fuck. yeah, yeah. "Injustice for All" is like you know five hours long. <laughs> I mean, not little, really. A little extreme, but uh, Orion. Uh, it it's good i wish it's it had i wish it had lyrics I, I honestly think there just wasn't time for lyrics so they just made it an, an instrumental well yeah an instrumental on ride the lightning yeah but we both you already said that that this one this is one of the ones that was not ready when they started recording so i think they were just like there's not enough time make it an instrumental and put it on the album that and mid, it just happened to work out that middle section though yeah. the cliff section yeah 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 and then the little he saw he was so fucking good yeah it's unreal i was watching a bunch of live footage from uh the first half of the tour with cliff mm -hmm. and just kind of him on stage you mm -hmm. know i mean like he was into it oh he loved it yeah yeah he was absolutely into it and it was i was just watching him play you know what i mean now did he pass this is the tour he passed on, or is it? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought, but I yeah, wasn't so sure. We're talking get through the track by yeah. track, and we can talk about yeah, it because I think we kind of have to. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, damaging. I another one I don't ever really remember much of. Really? Yeah. Like I said, the the ones that stick out of me on this album are big hits that everyone remembers. Mm -hmm. I know a lot about, and the tracks that aren't those tracks, other than Leopard Messiah and and that's uh, supposed Heroes is a pretty big one. It's a pretty big song. It's just like yeah. Damage Inc. And let's see here. They call the tour the Damage Inc. tour. Yeah. Damage Inc. Sanitarium thing that should not be. I just I just don't give a fuck. Like really? Yeah. I just, mm. I just it's like they're not even on my radar as Metallica songs that I, I care to entertain. I just like bum 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 yeah bum 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 <laughs> some of Lars's best drumming yeah oh for is, sure is on yeah. this song but I, I again too lyrically I fucking love that song yeah the, what is it dealing out the agony within charging hard and no one's gonna give in living on your knees conformity dropping some f-bombs or this one too. dying on your feet for honesty I think right? so yeah inbred our bodies work as one yeah bloody but never cry submission following on instinct not a trend go against the grain until the end blood will follow blood yeah yeah there i just there's the right before the the solo in the song the damage incorporated go yeah <laughs> they they take that little pause i think and then it's kirk just this massive wah solo just screaming shredding yeah. solo and there's your there's your jackals are in this song too yeah damn jack is ripping right through you the sight and smell of this that gets me going yeah yeah but again dropping dropping f-bombs 
on this album. We don't get those very often. Yeah, they made a joke about that. Oh, when, yeah. When the album came out. Fuck with Razorback. Don't you fuck with Razorback. Yeah. Yeah. Why, what's the joke about the... They they were like uh, the press like statement. Um, there's like something having to do with the PMRC label. Yeah, that was that something, time. So whatever yeah. it was, and they were, they were all like, "You may not want to play Damage Incorporated because there's a couple fucks in it, like in the press statement. Yeah, but otherwise, there's no." shits goddamns motherfuckers cunts <laughs> like you know like that's what yeah, like, yeah. that's what the, the press statement read and i thought it was funny i was like eh, nah, nah, nah. yeah i see what you did <laughs> clever wordplay yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i didn't yeah it made me crack yeah up. censorship and music is frustrating i mean what do you do with a band know. like like back in the day what do you do with cannibal corpse because most people, most people who judge these mm-hmm. things won't be able to understand him anyway. So if they put a non-aggressive album cover on it, would it still get the sticker? Yeah. You should, why? Yeah. Well, a lot of the Cannibal Corpse, the earlier albums when it was <laughs> like so fucking bonkers through the late yeah. 80s and early 90s, they had slip covers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it they went, still have slip covers. Yeah. Sli- yeah. Uh, yeah. Red and Marilyn, Black. Like Marilyn Manson's fucking Antichrist Superstar. Yeah the slipcover yeah. for that. They did that a lot. And like most of those albums are banned in everywhere, uh, but here. No, um, I think Germany, I think they've had a lot of issues in Germany. I know Australia still has a couple banned too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but know. like, yeah, the red and black, the new cannibal and the one before it is called slavery. Shit. Skeletal domain. No, before that. Evisceration blade. Uh, nope. After that. Torture. Uh, torture has a slip sleeve over it, too. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but like, I only have MP3s, uh, cannibal stuff. Uh, I, I like to buy physical. I do, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do, too. But I'm scared that if I start buying Cannibal Corpse LPs, mm-hmm. I'm going to go You're fucking gonna bonkers. You're going to want more and Cannibal Corpse the, LPs. And then all of a sudden, I'm sitting at like 300 bucks. I spent $160 yesterday on old Nintendo games that were complete inbox. It's a problem. I love Paperboy. All right, that's yep. the track by track. I mean, I, yeah, sure. <laughs> hey, what's up, motherfucker? This is Dustin from Music the Lifeblood. Are you on Instagram? Do you like that shit? Well, guess what? So is Music the Lifeblood. Just search Music the Lifeblood. You can check out pictures of my record collection, and you're going to get random pictures of Haggis the Wonder Mutt, the official Music the Lifeblood dog. <laughs> All right, Instagram. Fuck yeah. Music the Lifeblood. Woo! All right, we got to talk about the tour, the the unfortunate events that that took place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like we would. I think we need to. I think we need to acknowledge um, how important Cliff was. Incredibly so. Yeah. 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 Really, really important to that band. I think had Cliff been around, mm-hmm. I think he probably would have reduced the amount of turmoil for sure that the band yeah, went through he seemed to be the band dad 
Not even that. Yeah. I just think he just was a calm, soothing presence. You know what I mean? Every, every band needs a band dad. There's always that one guy in the band that keeps everybody level-headed. Yeah. Uh, he was probably that guy. Yeah. yeah. You guys are being jerks. Yeah, you guys need to fucking bring it the fuck down. <laughs> Knock it off. Yeah, yeah. So in Sweden, um, the bus rolled. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, the bus rolled. Um, I think it was, I want to say... 27th of September. Yep. They had, I watched or listened to, I listened to the last show that they played and with Cliff in the band and man, they were on fire. Jesus criminy. Yeah. It's unreal. It's, it's unfreaking real. But yeah, um, the story is in case you guys don't know. What in case it, someone's unaware. Yeah, in case yeah. somebody doesn't know it. So they had a really shitty bus. Um, it was one of those. They talked, I, I heard a little bit of an interview with one of the guys that was working road crew for him. And it was like a converted like passenger bus that had bunks put in. Yeah. And like they didn't even. It wasn't secured. Yeah, right. They, they didn't even take out the windows. They just covered them up from the inside with whatever. Yeah. And, um, and uh, uh, the bunks sucked. Yeah. But apparently Kirk <laughs> had the most comfortable bunk. Yeah. And Kirk and Cliff drew cards to see to, to I want you know whoever yeah. gets the higher card um, gets the bunk yeah or gets their choice yeah and Cliff drew an ace of spades and he was like oh seriously yeah. that's really what he drew yep yeah and Cliff said I want your bunk and then in the middle of the night they talked about um, all of them I heard all of them talk about how they heard like a stuttering sound yeah brakes and it's the brakes the brakes without you know how you get traction yeah, yeah. control <laughs> anti-lock <laughs> brakes <laughs> and it sort of yeah. stutters you to a stop mm-hmm. that sort of thing and the bus turned rolls and mm-hmm. flips and that sort of thing and cliff goes out the window is that what happened yeah See, i've heard this three different ways yeah yeah so um everybody wakes up everyone is screaming um and then no one hears cliff's voice Mm -hmm. so where the fuck is cliff they walk around the bus and they can see his feet under the bus on sticking out from underneath the bus now the the weird thing was yeah that that it rolled in a way Mm -hmm. that when the the emergency responders got there yeah they lifted the bus mm-hmm. to try and get him out mm-hmm. and it dropped. That's what I heard, but I never knew if that was true. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, then it got it. Yeah. Who knows? He might've been alive. Yeah. Um, I would imagine, I don't think he would have been. Yeah. So that in and of it's, I mean, if you can find any way to feel better about the situation, no, I, I think to best kind of think of it at that he, it is highly likely that he died instantly yeah like he went to sleep and he just never woke up yeah so um real real kind of sad yeah just like set of circumstances um you know listening to james so have they ever actually like really talked about it or is it just kind of yeah like, yeah pretty you don't add you, know, you don't we don't talk about it you, you don't ask yeah about they it. went in i think they did they went into in depth for like some mtv documentary in the in the 90s mm-hmm. and then um, the behind the music, they talked mm-hmm. about it a little bit, and then some other stuff. Um, 
I remember watching a, uh, uh, an interview with James when he was much older, like sometime around now. Yeah. Um, talk about it. And, um, when, when the accident happened, like they were like asleep, like in their underwear Yeah, and they crawled out, um, the back of the bus window to to get out. Yeah. Yeah. And James in his underwear and socks, because the driver said they he hit a, a patch of black ice. Yeah. And James walked miles each way. Where's this fucking ice? Yeah. And and I think it was I I think it was James, but don't quote me on yeah. this. Yeah. Don't quote me on it. Um, but I think it was James is like, you fucking fell asleep. Yeah. Um, but there were there was there was another road crew guy that um attested that the driver did get his sleep during the day. Yeah. After load in, load out. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So that they can drive in, drive through the night, well, that he, sort of thing. So if he's mashing the brakes, he's clearly not asleep. Well, you know, nine, and, times, out of, nine and, times out of ten, you're going to go off the road before and, you hit your brakes. Well, and that's what I was thinking about yeah. too. That that they could have start to have swerved. Mm-hmm. He woke up and then wham, hit yeah. on the brakes, and then you yeah. know. The bus rolls. That's kind of what I think it sounds like. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, we don't know. But, yeah. But the listening to Kirk talk about it because Kirk Kirk is obviously, obviously out of the out of the guys that have been in that band, probably mm-hmm. the most, the one with the highest emotional quotient. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you can tell. Yeah. You know, you can you can tell that, and he like it was gut wrenchingly painful. To listen to listen to Kirk talk about yeah. it because it was just like, where's Cliff? Yeah, and then he's fucking under the bus. You know, yeah. what, you know what I mean. And the driver James James specifically talked about how there was a blanket kind of tangled up with Cliff's body mm-hmm. that the driver reached in to pull that blanket up, yeah. pull that blanket off a of Cliff because he was cold because it was like a Sweden winter. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean. And James fucking don't you touch anything, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. You know that's his blanket. So, yeah, I mean, then, I, I mean, if he was under the bus and he wasn't responding to them, and like, I'm assuming if it's a Swedish winter or whatever it was, and they, it's gonna take a while for response for first response to get there. Yeah, if he wasn't responding to them or saying anything, he was probably already gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Coming from this, I mean, we don't talk about it a lot, but like. I have experience in that industry, the trucking industry. Sure, sure. And like, I know how things go with that kind of stuff. <clears throat> and like, when they roll, they're not built to roll. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. They're just, especially now we're talking in the 80s. We know it was a shitty, cheap bus, it was probably built in the 70s. Yeah. So yeah. it probably was built like a sh- fucking brick shit house but it had no safety anything in it yeah yeah so yeah. like it yeah it, they're not meant to do like now you can roll a bus and everyone inside's probably fine yeah they but, they they um they went after the the driver for manslaughter mm-hmm. um but he didn't they didn't get convicted i i wonder um, if they've made up since then if they've ever said anything to him about it oh, been like hey God. man we i mean see I, I feel like at some point as an adult you have to realize that like the man was doing his job to the best of his ability and something yeah. bad happened yeah. <laughs> like yeah, I d- I think you fell asleep. That's that's yeah. just kind of my opinion from yeah. looking into what I looked into. But that was September twenty seventh. Um, they go back home. They cancel. They you know they pull out of the tour. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so September, October, 
they're back out on the on tour November eighth with Jay, with, no with Jason. And yeah. I think as it relates to <clears throat> as it relates to Jason and his tenure with the band, I think mm-hmm. ultimately the reason Jason left the band was because the reason he had he joined the band. Yeah. Because he was he was filling he had you were filling it you weren't was, welcoming into the band you were filling a spot yeah you yeah. were you were filling a void that they were not going to be able to get over yeah. and I think it eventually just came to critical mass and yeah. they've all been pretty open about how they treated Jason yeah they weren't good you know, to him no yeah. they weren't a lot of hazing and stuff yeah. like that now it's one thing for you know what I mean it's one thing for me to crack a joke you know what I mean yeah about whatever yeah yeah know, whatever you're doing but if I really went after you hard a and, 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 and like kind of mean spirited, Yeah, you know, over time you're just going to fuck this. I'm yeah. not, I'm yeah. not, I'm not going to do it. And, you know, I always go back to this because I discovered Metallica much like most other people, my age. Yeah. Um, and it was injustice for all when one came. Yeah. Out. That's how I heard about the band. And I followed Metallica the whole time I was a kid. And, um, Jason was my guy in in the band and i remember watching i remember watching um their year and a half in the life of metallica documentary Mm -hmm. where they were doing press at the concert for life for freddie mercury yeah so that would have been like 92 yeah 91 did freddie die that late yeah i think it was 92 i thought it was in the 80s i'm all my timeline's off today (laughs) it was the same it was literally the same day eric Carr died oh wow okay yeah um, <clears throat> so I remember watching that and, um, they were doing press yeah. and they were standing around talking. The three of them, uh, James, Lars and Kirk mm-hmm. were standing there talking to somebody in front of the camera and Jason was off, off the ta- side. talking to a reporter mm-hmm. and they were like, come on, Jason. And James, I think it's James is the one that's like, come on, Dick. Yeah. You know what I mean? And imagine that. Every day. Yeah. Yeah. Over like a 10, 11, yeah, 12 when you, year you, period. You're not in the band because you have artistic value to them. You're in the band because our bass player died. Right. Like right. you're only here because we have to have somebody. Yeah. 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 Or at least that's kind of the way that I feel like a lot of the, a lot of the problems because, because everybody knows, I mean, James battled with alcohol, yeah. alcoholism. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows that. We, yeah. Most of us have watched some kind of monster. Mm-hmm. Lars used way too much cocaine. Way too much cocaine. And Kirk had a hard time keeping tempers in control because yeah, he had a. Kirk, I thought he had a drinking problem too. Kirk, no, I don't think he's oh, okay. ever gotten really out of control. I mean, he drank a lot, but yeah. I think they relied on Kirk to kind of be a peacekeeper. Mm-hmm. And when you introduce and when Jay, you when you rely on somebody who has the most was the most highest emotional quotient to be your peacekeeper doesn't go well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's, i mean i can't I, I think ultimately probably cliff's cliff's death mm-hmm. is probably what began the the process the problems it was sort of the lightning rod that set things into motion mm-hmm. for james to take thing to take a turn for the worse yeah especially coping with substance abuse. yeah i just i you never how, how close were they all because like you you realize like james and lars live together Mm-hmm. And like, but like how close were the four of them originally? Like, cause I mean, I, there's a lot of bands out there who just don't like each other. They do it. For well, the job, we're talking, so. I mean, when they recorded master of puppets, yeah. 
James was 23, Lars was 23, uh, Cliff and Kirk are 24. Mm-hmm. They're kids. Yeah, they're growing up together. You know what I mean? How, clo- yeah. how close were you to your friends when you were 23, 24? I mean, that was only three years ago. Yeah. So pre- I'm still pretty yeah. close to my friends. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I played in bands, too, yeah. when, when I was that age. And, like, I fucking love those guys. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, not the drummer. But... <laughs> um, <laughs> I've always had such a hard time with drummers. It's just sorry, dude. You know, fucking, <laughs> fucking bad news. Um, but I'm sure the drummer's a good guy now. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah but I haven't talked to him for twelve years, fifteen years. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well over a decade. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I th- I think they were best friends. You know what I mean? I yeah. watched a I watched a a press sort of junket video that they did where they were they went to a radio station and they were just doing calls yeah all day to other radio stations you know management probably set it up so yeah. um Lars has to call this radio station at 11 a.m. Yeah. you're going to get Cliff at noon you know that sort yeah. of thing over the phone and just listening to them interact with each other you they can were t- they were friends you can tell they were tired and they drank the night before but you could tell there was a lot of camaraderie they were happy to be there kind of situation yeah yeah, yeah. yeah exactly yeah let's say like when i was in the guys in thorax we were close but like i didn't spend enough time with those dudes to get like really and there's also there was a distance between us and stuff like mm-hmm. we're, like physical distance like I lived in Knightstown. They lived in Bloomington. Right. So, like, there's two and a half hours difference there. But, like, when we were in refractions, like, those dudes were family. Mm-hmm. Like, I imagine that would be. Even, even now with Paul. <laughs> Paul lives in Washington State now. And, like, Chris. I don't see hardly see Chris. And me and Larry see each other pretty regularly. But, like, anything happened to any of those dudes. Even now not having played together in, like, four or five years, yep. I still would lose my shit. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And on top of that, too, you have the um, – you have the the microscope of living together. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. You're running you're running this small business. Yeah, that's verging on a big business. Yeah, and you're constantly with each other. So even if they they had days where they didn't get along, they're still family. Yeah, yeah they were still absolutely you know bonded by blood. So yeah, I just can't so. fucking imagine that. Like holy shit. Yeah, and then Jason comes into yeah. the band. I, you know, if I, th- I think they were, I, I would imagine Electra was as a label, were happy to get them back out on the road promoting the album. Well, because I mean, the album was doing well. It's one of those things where is it, it's hard with a band because at a certain point, a band is your job mm-hmm. and it has to be treated as such. Sure. And the roots of a band, when you start a band, that's never the point. It's always let's get my friends together and play music and hopefully something happens. Right. And so when it becomes a job, you have to get into that mindset of even though this terrible fucking shit happens, you only have so many bereavement days before you have to go back to work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like or any yeah. other job. Yeah. So I mean, they had to go back. They got to make the money. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I think I I think it took them. It to, I to in my opinion yeah J- it took James literally a couple decades yeah to get it dealt with oh yeah for sure you know to to Can you, I mean I can't imagine finding my friend under a bus yeah like holding and it, and and imagine too how Kirk feels about the goddamn card do you know the little the stupid little <sighs> he card drew the game card, yeah. the stupid little card game that they played yeah. like imagine how that made Kirk feel you know I can't there's no way it was actually the ace of spades. It, that is the. I verified it. I verified it everywhere I could. That is the most like 
romanticized cart you could have pulled. Like yeah. it could have been anything. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's holy unreal. crap. And you can look at the profound effect that 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 Cliff had on those guys just yeah. as people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cliff is the one that introduced them to the misfits. And Cliff was Cliff was the one that that said you should check out a band called Sam Hain. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And and in those days, it's the only fucking shirts that they're wearing yeah. constantly. Yeah. You know, everybody thinks of Cliff Cliff playing at I think it was the Donington show mm-hmm. where Cliff has that blue jean jacket on. Yeah, the jean blue, jacket, yeah. Blue jean bell bottoms <laughs> and then that and then the Crimson Ghost Misfit yeah. shirt. Like yeah. he was the one that like you guys should really listen to these. Guys. I think that's yeah. why the images from that time throw me off so bad about being so late in the eighties is mm. that he's in bell bottoms. I assume. I said. I assume it's that, always <laughs> earlier because. Yeah, of, I ran. I ran across. I ran across a little bit of info about it. The somebody asked him, "Dude, why do you wear bell bottoms?" Is like I like them, and if I just wear them long enough, they'll come back in style. And I thought it kind of made me laugh. I'm yeah, like, it's eh, pretty funny. It's a funny way of looking at it. Yeah. But I, you know, I mean, it's so fucking sad, you know, that, yeah. that, that he, that he died. It's so fucking sad. But at the same time, like I'm such a huge Jason Newstead fan. Yeah. I'm a huge Jason Newstead fan. I have more respect for that dude than like, I put him like at like Glenn Danzig, Alex story level. Oh wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's, he's like, he's up there. He's fucking amazing. He's up there. Yeah. You know, so you know but the rest of the tour um they pick up november november 8th and they go all the way through february Mm -hmm. so so realistically jason has been there i think longer than what even anybody realizes oh yeah you know what i mean he joined in towards the end of 86 Mm -hmm. and he was there all the way up through 2000 just prior to to saint anger so 2000, that was six, wasn't two, it? Two, I think. Oh, was two? Okay. Yeah, 2002. I mean, almost 20 years. I mean. Well, 15. 15 years. Yeah, That's, 15. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Rob is now the longest running bass player, though. I do believe. Yeah, I think yeah. he is. I think he just hit that yeah. last year, I think. But but anyway, anyway, just, you know, what what I did, I did this because I thought you would kind of be interested in mm-hmm. this. Um, I looked up set lists. Oh yeah. For and I thought I thought you might be into this, but um, just a now they 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 songs came and went. Yeah, yeah. So I got just kind of like an approximate, yeah, sort of thing. So with Cliff, mm-hmm. um, and this would have been a supporting set list. Not the they're, head, not the or, yeah, they're not headlining. So yeah. Battery Master of Puppets, um, uh, FWTBT. What is that? For whom the bell tolls. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. I wrote initials because I did. Uh, Welcome Home Sanitarium, uh, Anesthesia, Cliff, Cliff Space Solo, Four Horsemen, mm-hmm. Fade to Black, Seek and Destroy, Creeping Death, MI, MI Evil, Damage Incorporated, and Whiplash. Hmm. Cliff, close with Whiplash? Yeah. On, huh. Yeah, sometimes. Neat. Cliff's last show. Yeah. So September 26th, Battery, Master of Puppets, uh, for whom the bell tolls, welcome home, sanitarium, ride the lightning, cliff solo, whiplash, uh, the thing that should not be, fade to black, seek and destroy, creeping death, uh, four horsemen, damage incorporated, and blitzkrieg. Blitzkrieg's a cover song, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. Um, and then with Jason, um, again, average set list, things yeah. did come and come and go. 
Um, but I think this was Jason's first show. Yeah. So Battery, Master of Puppets, uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls, Welcome Home, Ride the Lightning, uh, Jason Solo, Whiplash, the thing that Oh, they left Jason's, they left the solo for Jason. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah, I don't think he played Cliffs. Cliff. Oh, I assume, Anesthesia. but I it's weird that they still even left him a solo. If they but, well, here's, well, let me finish this. Um, Whiplash, the thing that should not be, Fade to Black, Seek and Destroy, Creeping Death, Four Horsemen, Kirk Solo, Am I Evil, uh, Fight Fire with Fire, and then Blitzkrieg. Okay. Hmm. Um, but what I do think for the the sort of nagging the the sort of nagging kind of hazing that mm-hmm. they constantly did with Jason, I do think that um, Jason was able to fit in with them. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, and by and by the time they got to Injustice for All. You know, you and I were watching that 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 clip from Seattle. Yeah. In nineteen eighty nine, Death, weren't they? Like, yeah, they were playing yeah. Creeping Death. Jason's fucking singing the last verse. Yeah. He's all over the stage. He's. You can tell Jason was legitimately invested yeah. into, you know, what he was doing. And I think, I think his gratitude, his appreciation, and his and his desire to work continue to to constantly work for the opportunity that he was given yeah was evident yeah constantly yeah i just there's a part of me that almost wishes he would have stuck around like having jason in the band now with hardwired and uh death magnetic would mm. be like it'd be pretty cool like rob's doing a damn good job yeah and yeah. i like rob a lot yeah but having jason around still would be neat yeah Oh yeah, de- absolutely. I now me myself, yeah. I prefer my Metallica bassist to finger pick as opposed to pick pick. 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 Yeah. Um that's my preference. I like the way I like how bubbly and gurgly sometimes Cliff uh, Cliff's bass is. He, cuz he did finger, didn't he? He yep. didn't, yeah. Yep. That's oh god, finger bass with metal is specifically thrash that's so fast is it's hard. <laughs> it's real hard. Oh, well, I mean, yeah. you've seen how he... Yeah. Him he and hits, Dave Harris. He hits like, with... There's a lot of time he hits with two, two fingers, yeah. too. Yeah, which I thought was interesting. He's like, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, you're going to snap the string constantly. Well, there's, like, you find a lot of... I don't know. I've noticed a lot of bass players as they get older start, like, doing more stuff like that. Like, I forget who it was. There was some bass players all the day. Where he, well, not the other day. This was a while ago. But he talks about how his technique has changed throughout the years. And now he, it was some old hippie dude. It wasn't like somebody in metal, mm-hmm. but he was like, I used to just like walk the bass with my finger. He's like, now I use what I call the flipper. And he just has his whole, like all four fingers minus his thumb. And he's just <laughs> slapping like cat paw on his bass strings. And I did, like, huh. you know, when I was, that was my main thing when I was playing in bands. Yeah. And I would just, there's a lot of times I just open palm, wham. Yeah. <laughs> I know? did that too. Yeah. And you know, I play slap bass. Mm-hmm. You know, bap, 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 bap. I have my like my technique is real similar to fleas. Mm-hmm. That's how I that's how I do stuff. But like like when you said earlier, if Les Claypool had joined Metallica, like it would have been like, weird. Like they would have wound up like playing Isley Brothers covers. No, see, you know I think I, mean? I think Les Claypool is enough of a professional that he would have just made it work. He was like, "I'll put on the black jeans, I'll put on the black shirt, <laughs> I'll play the shit the way you want me to." Right. But I'm keeping my weird six string, <laughs> like <laughs> with a whammy bar. Yeah, yeah. I think he would have. I think he would have made it work. I think it would have been fine. But I think it just 
there would have been moments <laughs> where you get like <laughs> like weird shit where he's like slapping all six strings. I just I always think of uh, when I grow up, I want to be <laughs> a harvester one, of, one of the, the harvesters of the sea. <laughs> Old before my days are done, I want to be a fisherman. Uh, I fucking love Primus. It is fucking master, master. I want to be yeah. a fisherman. <laughs> See, I feel like they would have done shit like that. They would have been fine with it. Taka's got a good sense of humor. I I think Rob, to me, Rob Trujillo, he's like Bruce Kulick. You know what I mean? Fucking amazing player. Oh, he's so good. He's a yeah. really fucking good bass player, but. He's in that band because he has the right personality. Yeah. And yeah. he knows he knows how to be professional. He knows he knows how to how to deal, how to how to kind of cope in situations where things might be a little things tumultuous. Might be, you gotta tread lightly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He knows he knows how to do that. Not I mean he played fucking suicidal tendencies and infectious grooves. He played for Ozzy forever. Yeah. You know. Like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he knows yeah. what he's doing. That's a, it's weird when you watch some kind of monster and they're doing those auditions and fucking Twiggy from Manson, Pepper from yeah. Coc and Down, Scott Reader from Caius, like, like Pepper would be the only one to be like, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, but yeah. like Pepper's a really good guitar player. Yeah. Are you sure you just want him playing bass? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> like, yeah. He's an amazing songwriter. Did Les actually show up to auditions or was he just talk, like they just talked to him? I, don't I know. thought on some kind of monster there's like one yeah. shot where you see him like in the studio with him. Yeah, I don't know. God, it would have been so fucking weird because they I remember them talking about him, them being like, he's great, but the fuck are we supposed to do with that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I always, the it's real interesting. The um, uh, um, Mike Borden. And Mike Borden and Big Jim Martin from Faith No More. Yeah. And Cliff played in a band together mm -hmm. for a little while. And they were all kind of from the same San Francisco mm -hmm. area. And Rob True, I saw a little snippet of Rob Trujillo talking about when he was coming to do the audition. Yeah. He stayed with Mike Borden, probably because they were both playing yeah, for yeah. Ozzy at the time. And uh, Rob talked about um, Mike had a picture of Cliff on the wall. Mm -hmm. And when Rob walked in, like that picture, it was almost like it was fucking looking at him. Yeah. You know, like when you go to like uh, the Haunted Mansion at Disney World. <laughs> the pictures that watch you and like, shit. Like, yeah. He's, he's fucking looking at me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. And Rob Tree, Rob Tree Hill was like, that was weird. Yeah, he just you happened know? to have that yeah, hanging up. it was up, really, yeah. really weird. But I do think just like Jason, mm -hmm. I think Rob Trujillo was probably the right guy at that time. I think yeah. I think if Jason were to have came back, it would have been uncomfortable. It would have been yeah. it would have been difficult, that sort of thing. So you know, both of them are Yeah. I don't think Rob's going anywhere at this no, point. No, yeah, no. Yeah, he's he's in. I think he'll he'll when they punch out, he'll still be in the band. So Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I'm hoping though that when the time does come and they say, Okay, we're done, that um Jason will be a part of it. Oh, I think he will. You I know, think they'll invite him back to do a big show or something or an yeah. album or something yeah i always hope that it's it's a it never happens i've only known it happened once 
where when when Mitch died from Suicide Silence, and they had that huge show where they just invited all of these vocalists out, and every member that had ever been in Suicide Silence was there. Mm. They each got to play, and they invited a shit ton of mm. vocalists to just go on stage, do a song. Yeah. And like, I want that for when things like this happen. Yeah. Like, yeah. just invite all these fucking bass players to come back and play the cliff stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering if they'll, if they'll hit 40 years. Yeah. I'm real legitimately like, I wonder, you know what I mean? Because Slayer's not going to hit 40 years. You don't think so? And I seriously doubt Anthrax is because Charlie's got a lot of, Health problems. Shit, yeah. You know, going on. And I just don't know about Megadeth. The weird thing about Megadeth is that they seem older already. Well, they seem older than Metallica and Slayer. Like, I think you and I were talking about a while back how Judas Priest bringing Scott Travis mm-hmm. into the band extended their life by a yeah. decade. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they bring have a, some young guns they in. Have, they have a drummer that can fucking go. Yeah. And he's 10 years younger than everybody else. Um, I think Megadeth is kind of that way too. Yeah. Kiko, Kiko, Lorelu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I sorry. Yeah. Like I'm God, this fucking mic situation today. I don't know. Sorry, I don't know. Mine just keeps falling. But Kiko, Kiko's younger than Dave. Yeah. Dave Mustaine and Dave Jr. Um, and that new drummer guy, he's younger than younger. them. And then Anthrax. You know, Charlie, Scott, Frankie and Joey are mm-hmm. all right about the same age. Mm-hmm. And then John is way younger. Yeah. He's the guy who played in Shadows Fall. Yeah, yeah. He's way younger than the rest of those guys. So I think when it comes to drummers, mm-hmm. like if you get a younger guy, you might be able to go a little Extended. longer. Yeah, because I mean, Judas Priest guys are getting old and starting to have problems. And Yeah, yeah, like yeah. It's, but they're still going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think when they're done with the tour... You think so? I think they'll they'll fold and call it. Who a was it a couple weeks ago? Who's had Alzheimer's? Or what? Uh, Alzheimer's or was it Parkinson's? Parkinson's. That's what it Glenn was. From Glenn from Jesus Priest. We're oh, gonna yeah. talk about it. Okay. Metal Metal March. Gotcha. Metal gotcha. Gods March. Gotcha. That's gotcha. what we're doing. We'll talk about it in depth. But cool. You know, I hope that Slayer did the right thing, mm-hmm. or are going to try to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that. I'm glad that they're not going to try to go another 10 years. No. No, because it's not. It's just like Tom's fucking miserable. Jeff isn't his, around. His back yeah. his back hurts. Jeff's yeah. not around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kerry so, King's Kerry King. He's Kerry King in it up. Whatever yeah. he does. Yeah, he'll probably just go sell snakes or whatever. It is. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. He's, yeah. I mean, he does. He sells snakes. That's what he yeah. does. Um. All right. Parting thoughts. Mm-hmm. Listen to Master of Puppets if you haven't. You most of you probably have. Yeah, it's a pretty big album. Yeah, like, like I, said, I mentioned earlier, just even the album on the front, you fucking immediately know what it is. You yeah. just see, and now it's one of the few albums I've seen that you could even condense the album art down to just the one cross, and you're like, yeah, it's fucking Master of Puppets. Like, because right. they do that sometimes. You just yeah. get the one cross instead of the lines, and it's like you still know. Oh, it's fucking as long as that red, orange, brown with the cross. Yeah, you know. I remember looking at it when I was a kid, noticing the hands in the top corners. Yeah. I remember being like, oh. They got the strings. They're holding the strings. Subliminal message. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's it's good. The The songs on it that are good are damn good. And the songs <clears throat> on it that I don't really care for 
are damn good. <laughs> it's just not <laughs> right. not what I what I what I don't it's not what I care for. But yeah. I mean, you can't you can't not listen to Master of Puppets. Like you can't. It's you got to know. Yeah. It's 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 part of the required material for metal. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I feel like we should have put it in the Voyager satellite. What did we put in the Voyager? So they put something music in there. Chuck Berry. Oh. Yeah, it was Chuck Berry. That's unfortunate because you know he films ladies in the bathroom. I mean he. I mean he peed on that girl. He did pee on that girl. And he filmed. He got caught in his restaurant having cameras in the women's bathroom. Yeah, but yeah, good song. Good song. Yeah, good song. <laughs> Bad behavior. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It feels like we're rapping. Yeah, uh, yeah. Disposable Heroes is the greatest song I've ever written. Yeah. All right. That's another episode of Music of the Light Blood rapping. Woo. Music of the Light Blood, something old. Something new. What are you listening to? <laughs> Buddies fill the fields I see. Hungry heroes end.